Unique New York. Unique New York. Unique New York. One smart fellow, he felt smart. One smart fellow, he felt smart. Two smart fellows, they both felt smart. Two smart fellows, they both felt smart. (laughs) Well, he's not ready. (laughs) They both smart fart. You're Uh not warmed up. I got him. (laughs) No. Three smart fellows. They all felt smart. (laughs) They all smart fart. That's classic comedy. How have I never heard that before? It's a good one. Hey everyone, and welcome to Bookends of Friends. This is your co-host Parker Moon. Your third co-host, Brett Irvin. Second co-host, Daniel Phillips. And we're a weekly book club podcast where we go over one book a month and also talk about books and everything book related. Uh, this month we are talking about War Breaker. Um, that, or that's the book that we're reading that we'll discuss at the end of the month. Um, and, uh, that's, that's it, right? That we did yeah, the intro. I feel like, intro. I feel like we haven't done an intro that clean in a while. When we do have clean intros, we do. You should pat yourself on the back immediately, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does we, that make it not clean anymore? We tend Probably. to go I into I it. this conversation about how good it was and then it's not good anymore. Oh, um, you're right. I ruined it. No, it's all right. War we'll Breakers, the last week, episode. We'll try again. Next week, we'll try again. Uh, thank you for joining us, sweet listeners. Uh, we love you so much. Um, uh, let's let's just jump right into short stories. Let's talk about what's going on. Daniel, tell me what's going on in your life, buddy. Uh, what's going on in my life is not a whole lot. It sounded like I was going into a rap just then. In it my did. head, it did. <laughs> 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 Not a whole lot, but I did do a lot of reading this week. That didn't and so, rhyme. And, <laughs> this is a terrible rap. <laughs> and so I'm just going to talk about the books that I read because I finished The Stand. Nice. I nice. did it. My second finished Stephen Ooh. King book of all time. How does it end? Um, not going to tell you. Not going to tell you. Uh, I will say The Stand is not at all the book that I thought it was going to be. Mm. It stopped being the book I thought it was going to be. Is there be a lot of sitting? About... <laughs> Wow. I sat around all, all day long. The stand stopped being a book I thought it was going to be about 200 pages in. Yeah. And the last 1,300 pages was... It's completely different. Not what I thought the book when, was about. When anyone ever talks about the stand, they only really talk about, like, the flu that kills the entire That's population. all I which thought is the book was. not the majority of the book. Not at all. It's, like, maybe 15%. I mean, that's, um, that's the setup for the right. rest of the book. Um, to, to not spoil anything with a stand, I liked it a lot. It was really good. Um, the, the good and the bad of it, awesome characters, a, a big character book guy, really mm. good characters. The bad is the, there's one part in the middle that's a couple of hundred pages that I thought was like kind of weak. Not trash can man, no. but that part, <laughs> thankfully, was, was disturbing. Was only like 30 pages, but... There's a lot of trash can man in that yeah, book. There's a lot of trashy in that book. Um, but no, it's really good. That's coming from someone. I wonder if that was the part that was edited out. It was. The, trash no, can the, man? The pages you're talking about. It, it wasn't bad. It's not a bad part. It just went on a little bit longer than I wanted. But it made sense that it, like, it was relevant. Yeah. It's relevant to the story. Yeah. But like I said, not to spoil anything, I won't go into that. Uh, really good book, and that's coming from someone who does not read a whole lot of Stephen King. So cool. I'm nice. sure people who read a lot of Stephen King like it even more. I mean, it's one of your favorites, Parker. Yeah, I like it quite a bit. Um, and then I read a book called After Parties, 
um, which is a lot smaller book, and it was a collection of short stories. And, and also I, has a trash can man. In it. <laughs> also, yeah, like halfway through, trash can man showed up. I'm like, oh my god, he's everywhere. Um, After parties was not the book for me. I thought it would be good. Um, I've not read short story like a collection of short stories since mm-hmm. like. I don't think I've ever read a collection of short stories unless I was told to do so. What was the genre? Um, it was, so the whole collection was about like um, Cambodia Americans and just like kind of living in the projects and what it's like growing up. And so it was a, just a bunch of stories of different families and like their lifestyle and their like upbringing mm. in America. Um, I thought it'd be really interesting, but I think for me, it was just like, oh, I like this character. This is a cool character. And then 10 pages later, like, it would move on to something else that I wasn't super interested sure. in. Right. So I just don't know if short story is the, the thing for me. But I read that. And then uh, the the probably the highlight of what I read this week, read a lot this week, um, I read another Frederick Bachman book called, uh, shoot, let me, let me pull it up because the title is almost longer than what the book is actually called. One sec. One sec, one sec. And every morning, The Way Home gets longer and longer. It is a novella by Frederick Bachman, the guy who wrote A Man Called Uva and, and Anxious People, people um, which Anxious People is still my favorite book I've read this year. It's really good. But this is a novella by that author that's only like 70 pages. I read it in one sitting, and I teared up like four pages in. Wow. It is a super good book. I really liked it. Nice. He's got um, that power, man. He's I, got both some. Uva and Anxious People choked it, me up. It hits the fierce. same exact way as Uva did for me. Um, but it was it was a really sweet book. So you should check that out. I it. want to. I actually I put it on my um, want to read for Goodreads. So nice. I'll try to knock it out. I'll probably maybe read it this week if I find time. You will, you will read it in literally an hour. So mm. really good. That nice. was my week. I read a lot. Nice. That's, awesome. that's a great week. It's a good week. It's a very good week. Mm. Well, you know what time it almost is? No. Spooky season. Okay. God, I am so excited for spooky season. And I feel like September is really just uh, October, like, uh, uh, light, you know? like it, It's like mm. it's like prep time for October. And Pre-October. It's pre-October. We and did like, get a fall weather day last week, which was really nice. God, I am so tired of 90 degree weather. <laughs> yeah, I am hot. so tired of 90 degree weather. I want to wear long sleeves. I want to look cute. I want to wear beanies. Uh, you're, cute. you're a cute little fall boy. Thanks. <laughs> appreciate that. Uh, I feel like that is when I am at my cutest, so I appreciate that. Um, but I'm just really ready for it. And uh, so I thought I'm going to talk about something that's fall adjacent okay. and board game adjacent, which we all love board games at this table. Um, mm-hmm. And and we play quite a bit of board games. So the board game I want to talk about is uh, Betrayal of the House on the Hill. God, I think that's what it's called, right? I'm going to be honest. I've never once known the exact title of that game. But I've played it's along it those lines. about it's like, 30 it's times. It's like Betrayal at the House on Haunted Hill or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, Haunted Betrayal Hill House. It's something around rounds. there. Yeah. Um, I know Betrayal is, is yeah. the word. It's what I, it goes by. Yeah, uh, that's what we always call it. So yeah. I never remember the rest of it because it's a long title. But the entire premise of the game is uh, you and your your party or your, your group of people that you're playing with, you're uncovering the layout of a haunted mansion 
Um, and then halfway through the game, as you're going through it, you're making rolls, and certain things will like make those rolls harder to accomplish. But at at you know at some point, you will fail this roll, and that starts the hunt, which is the second half of the game, and the really fun like twist on its head. Because at first, you're all playing together as one team, discovering this mansion, and the second portion of that game is someone will betray the rest of the group. And then you split off and you read what the haunt is. So it's different types of monsters. Sometimes it'll be like mummies or a dragon or like a haunted artifact or a ghost or whatever it is. And then uh, that one person who's the betrayer has to, they have like their own set of rules to win the game. And then the rest of the team has their own set of rules to win the game. Yeah. Um, and it's super fun. And we haven't played it a ton in a while, but I've just been thinking about it and I really want to play it. We also got the Scooby-Doo version recently and like the company fun. made a like literal Scooby-Doo version and all the monsters are like actual Scooby-Doo villains. Yeah. And so that's that's great and I'm just excited for spooky season and so that's my uh, my short story is that we got the 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 Scooby-Doo version but also I just want to play Betrayal with you guys sometime soon. Um I will say I was never a big like Halloween fan and I have slowly become one because of the moons. Yeah, no, it's it's no, all it's all Maddie. Maddie like like she loves Halloween and like it's very fun has brought it into the world in a way that I never knew that someone could love Halloween the way that she does. And so we're about to decorate our house. Also, I'm very excited to do that. Nice. Um, yeah, and and uh, I've really just been reading Warbreaker this week. I, I also picked up Thursday uh, Murder Club. Oh yeah, did you finish that? No, I got <laughs> like. 15 pages in and then was like I really I so I'm I'm in this like weird thing where I keep like picking up books and reading like a little bit of them and then putting them down with full intention to finish them mm. but I just get distracted by something else which is not very common um but I I don't know I'm very easily distracted right now but I'm I'm also like I know Warbreaker's kind of a bigger book I mean yeah. it's like 700 pages or something like that so I'm like I'm nervous cuz we have to finish it by the end of this month so I'm like I really need to buckle down and finish it there's also all these smaller books that I want to read that are like tempting me, little temptresses just everywhere. Oh, um, book sprin. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, and and so I I don't know that's I, but I I've, I've been reading Warbreaker and guys I have some thoughts so I'm really excited to uh, get into it. Also, uh, uh, Jay Des, one of our uh, fans of the show, sent us an email about her thoughts on Warbreaker where she's at right now. So oh, cool. that's exciting. So we'll we'll talk about all that once we uh, get on onto that episode at the end of the month. But man, I have some thoughts. It's a wild book. So yeah, Brett. Cool. Um, mine is just a short and sweet one. I, uh, along the same lines, I love, also love fall. And one thing I love about fall is fall walks on the Swamp Rabbit Trail, which is here where we, near where we all live. Yeah. Um, I just, there's nothing, obviously you can still walk in the summer, but beyond like, 10 a.m. It's like 95 degrees yeah. outside. Stupid hot. South Carolina is a dumb state. <laughs> yeah, it's a stupid state where it's decided that eight months of the year is is summer. Yeah, and then you have like a week of fall, and then you have very cold winter, which yeah. doesn't make any sense. Exactly. So <laughs> thankfully, the past couple weeks it's been like in the low 70s mm. for like most of the morning, and so including this morning. So I just I love going and walking on the trail. It's if anybody knows the Swamp Private Trail, it connects to Furman University, too. 
which is a favorite walking spot of mine because they have a cool lake with a um, like trail around the lake. It's a really nice. Is it open? Trail. I know it was closed yeah, for a long time because of COVID. I think because school's on, it's back open. Because last Saturday I walked over there. Oh, and nice. They didn't have any like gates up or anything, so I assume it's back open. It's probably much harder to police when they actually have kids on campus. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, so I just love. Love walking on the trail and it's a good walk. It's, that's a great thing to bring. Yeah. I, we all are big fans of the Swamp Rabbit Trail, and I'm surprised we haven't talked about it yet. But yeah, that's a winner. That's a good one. Yeah, I love the Swamp Rabbit Trail. It's a good way to listen to audiobooks or clear your head or just get out and get sun. Get some exercise. Did you <laughs> listen to Warbreaker? Is that what you? Yes, that's to where I started. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So nice. that's what I've been. Yeah. So yeah, nice. I'll uh, I'll add a second. Short story really quick. We all went to a theme park yesterday, and we're all tired and sore because who (laughs) knew? We're getting old. It was kind of a spontaneous trip to Carowinds in North Carolina. It's and really South fun. Carolina, it's like on the border, right? Yeah, yeah. it yeah. is. It's fun, but yeah, I'm tired. We this is the second week in a row where we recorded <laughs> like too tired. Like we need to actually <laughs> prepare to record. We're timing it very well for you. Yeah, it's working. It'll be fine. It'll I, be fine. I, we're more prepared this week. Yeah, I will good. say significantly more prepared this week. Uh, which I, I was just gonna add on to that. I complained for the first time ever about my hip after getting off of a roller coaster. It was the so, first one. It was yeah. the first coaster so, we rode. I said when I stood up, I felt like something weird in my hip, and now my hip hurts. And so I, I don't realized know. that I was 30 years old. I don't know our demographic, really, like the, the age group of the yeah. people who listen to this show. Um, but I hope that's relatable content, because if it's younger people, they're going to be like, wow, you guys are lame. Like, lame as hell. But, like, seriously, my body is wrecked from, like... Yeah. It's on the horizon. on roller coasters. From, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, age comes for us all. <laughs> okay, grandpa. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, my eyes are going bad. I'm sore after music parks. I want to be in bed every night at 1030 with a cup of tea. Like, that's... So, yes... It's yeah. a young man's game out there. <laughs> I know. We're not young men anymore. We gotta we gotta take care of our bodies better so that we can record this podcast and not be so tired. We gotta we gotta do it for the listeners. We got to. Um, well, for the listeners, we did actually bring a topic this week. So hey, look at us. We're doing better than last week already. Um, and that topic I'm really excited to talk about is adaptations. Um, and I left it kind of general because I didn't know where the conversation was going to take us. Okay. Uh, but what I meant by adaptations was just like, uh, in general, how book ad- adaptations have been done in the past, uh, you know, which ones work, what works, what doesn't work, and then what we'd like to see from future adaptations. And that's where we're at. So, I, yeah. I mean, we have a couple questions in the show notes and everything, but hit me with what are y'all thoughts? Where, where is y'all's head at with this? We haven't talked about it yet. I'm really excited. I think uh, my first thought to my overarching adaptation idea uh-huh. is that started with comic books. We just converted okay. comic books to like cartoons. Yeah. You know, Saturday like morning your, cartoons. Your, yeah, I was going to say like your your newspaper like yeah. panel cartoons. And then into obviously the big, the big switch was like into movies. And I think we're into like TV show adaptations now yeah and i'm yeah. all for tv shows yeah i think it's the best way to yeah. adapt a book it's great yeah i think that falls into one of the questions we were going to talk about is the future of book adaptations yeah. and like you like you said it's been movies for the longest time but 
you know, slowly people are starting to realize that TV shows are the much better way to go for adaptations because it allows for like less loss of detail, less loss of like, you know, easier to do character development. Like you can bring in more characters and when you have, you know, two hours versus like nine to 10 hours of like a limited series. And that's, so that in, in my mind, the thing that makes books so like untouchable, you know, compared to other mediums is just like, you get more time in the yeah. world with the characters. Like, you you feel like a, a bond. And then there's also that added level or layer of, like, the imaginative aspect. Like, it's yeah. what your brain sees as opposed to what someone else tells you how the story is, yeah. you know, perceived. Right. So I feel like that's obviously what makes books great. But then when you want an adaptation, a huge, like, you know, uh, uh, way that a lot of it has – or a lot of – book adaptations have suffered in the past is losing that amount of time yeah and then they have to have cuts and when cuts you're always gonna have you know a, a favorite scene or a sweet moment or like a, a precious thing to you or a cool fight or something that in your mind is like oh this would have been better if or oh I'm, I'm that part of the book really like stuck out to me and then not having it in the movie or the whatever um, sucked so what makes a um good book book adaptation to you guys like what because i have my i have my number one so i'll just put it out there yeah let's hear it it's casting for me i yeah. think i think that's the arguably the most important because it's the hardest part is matching what readers have imagined for that mm-hmm. character and so if it's off it's gonna like bug them like eternally mm-hmm. that like oh my god that's not what i had felt and obviously like with certain adaptations or with certain books, it's like there's, you know, millions of fans. So in yeah. some way it fits like – you're never going to like, you know, yeah. make everybody happy. But in a sense, if you miscast a character like that bad, it, it can like tank If there's your... any uh, Percy Jackson fans in the audience or, or in our listener base that's listening, Annabeth is like one of the worst castings of all time. I don't know. Did y'all did y'all read I never Percy watched the Jackson? Movie. I never watched the movie. Did you, did you I read, read it. it. You, I've yeah. seen the movie, but I haven't, I haven't read it. So just – well, that it, – it's just – it was just really – I mean, everything about that movie is like <laughs> considered really bad. Mm-hmm. And they actually are – remaking the show with a massive budget yeah. with Disney Plus. So, you know, who knows? Maybe that'll be great. Right. But, yeah, that's one that always sticks out to me. It's just, like, very distracting because it was just... I mean, it, it was just weird bad right. casting and not yeah, yeah, what, yeah. like, to the character's description at all. Right. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think I agree with you. Casting is super important because when I read a book that already has an adaptation, I don't... Mm-hmm. Right. I try to avoid who's in yeah. that adaptation so I don't picture them right, while reading exactly. the book. Perfect example, I finished The Stand. I went to look <laughs> at the CBS at the cast. Show? Yeah. My God, I I'm heard, so happy I didn't see this cast. I heard from Parker Maddie that it was really, it's really poorly so cast. bad. A character in The Stand is this mythical old woman that can basically visit you in your dreams. Yeah. And it's kind of like a... a, like a uh, is vizier the right word or like a um, she is she is she like, like a precog yeah well she's kind of like a uh, like a the voice of god almost. yeah she's like a cleric basically yeah. and she's just this super like i don't know like honor and good driven character and i went to look at the cast like oh who played mother abigail on the stand and it's Whoopi goldberg yeah like, <laughs> I, 
I cannot the, fathom the one that gets who made me that decision. is that James Marsden is Stu Redman, and that like just because Stu is like in my mind was such like a like. Uh, like grizzled character. He's like a grungy. Like, guy. He, he, yeah. like James Marsden is just like the. Well, he's just such a pretty fresh boy. face. He's like just pretty a, boy. He's a cutie pie, and I love yeah, James oh, Marsden. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I would like. I really love James Marsden, <laughs> okay. but are you going? That's a, that's. A, <laughs> <laughs> I changed. I, I, I veered. Yeah, I veered uh, off what I was gonna say. Uh, but no, I mean, it just it was it was weird casting all around for for um, that, and I don't know how it was. I didn't watch it. I, but, I will not watch it. But my favorite character is the. Glenn, who's an old man, like almost Iroh-esque, like wisdom right. always goes for the good. And it's Greg Kinnear plays <laughs> that oh, yeah. character. That's very weird. Jesus. Bad, bad, bad. <laughs> so bad. Uh, yeah, that's... So casting's a good one. For me, honestly, and, and this is going to be uh, an interesting hot take. Get ready, guys. I'm really going to say some stuff. Casting? No, yeah. Um, I I don't necessarily think fantasy or big epics make for good adaptations. I, I, I the only obvious like massive outlier to this, and there's still probably people who would say no, is Lord of the Rings. I think Lord of the Rings is what is like the yeah. gold standard right. of 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 book adaptations, mm-hmm. and they've all they also have released like multiple extended. You know, they try to oh, fit as oh, much as they can. Oh, Daniel know. knows being the biggest Tolkien right. fan at the table. But God. in my mind, that's the gold standard. But I think that because of the nature of fantasy and typically the length of the books, you you can't help but lose some of the heart oh, of yeah. it in translation. And so for my mind, I'm like, if it, it's the same thing with Harry Potter or Hunger Games even, or, you know, they're small, yeah. but just like there's so much that's that is great for the like the imagination right, right. like your your brain space right. to play with and to you know come up with how things look and how right. things are and then when they try to you know confine that into uh you know a, a two-hour film and and also like with like the the parameters of like real life even like cg it just doesn't do it justice and so in my mind the best adaptations are stuff that is like you know real stories or or like uh yeah like Like drama drama and stuff like that are the easiest right and 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 in my mind like really the best like i feel like they they can tell those stories in a way that they don't they don't detract from the story they don't devalue anything and they're often shorter enough or like you know yeah contained enough yeah. to where you can really focus on the storytelling aspect and you're not so worried about the big CG budget yeah. or the big fight scene or, yeah. you know, what characters do we have to cut out to make time yeah. for the main plot, you know, that kind of stuff. So I think every book should be adapted into a side-scroller 2D platformer. <laughs> Video game? Yeah, like <laughs> like the Super Nintendo Jurassic Park game. Whoa. I don't think I ever played that one. <laughs> yeah. That I sounds amazing, I, though. Yeah. Like the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Yeah. I think every game should be adapted into a 2D platformer. Yeah. That, that tracks. Yeah. Or a um, point-and-click game. That's what... <laughs> um, that, yeah, no, I was going to say when we got to that section that drama... Drama and, like... So, like, dramatic books and, like, Tom Clancy, John Grisham books are us- are widely going to be the easiest to adapt. Yeah, Because yeah. they're, they're, like, they're like pre-screenplays, basically. Right. Like, you, it's not hard to adapt. Like, ta- you're basically taking straight, like, yeah. there's, there's not a whole lot of, like, 
not to put down anybody that adapts those things, but there's not a whole lot of imagination that has to go into right. that. Like, you don't have to... Well, it's less of a stretch. It's less right. of a, you know, what what do we have to do? And also, typically, those books are, again, more contained. Yeah. You know, I'm sure there's obvious stuff that hits the cutting room floor because yeah. it's, you know, a, a even, in, even in 250 pages... You know, for two hours of storytelling, you're going to have to cut stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like it's less than obviously like an epic fantasy or, yeah. or like a, a 10 series long, Yeah. you know, book series. And yeah. yeah. And I think another, I think, um, I feel like Stephen King in himself is his own like difficult genre to adapt because recently he, there's been a re- renaissance of Stephen King. Obviously, there's like everything he has written is currently probably in production to be like created yeah. into a TV show or movie. And obviously, there's been really, really good adaptations recently. Like uh, Andy Muschietti's It was mm. incredible. But his his works have a history of like, especially like back in the day like, 80s and 90s of really, really bad adaptations. Mm -hmm. And I think it really also can depend on the writer because of how imaginative and creative they are. Like, his... Like, it's... He describes things so... And, like, you know, you see with, like, Brandon Sanderson and, like, Tolkien, too. Like, they describe things so in-depth and perfectly. And a lot of times, because Stephen King stuff is supernatural and horror, it's, like... So freaking hard to put that on a screen. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's so easy to imagine in your head because he literally just like draws it for you. Yeah. But like, it's so hard to put it on screen. So it's like, I feel like a lot of his stuff has been, you know, his uh, extreme supernatural stuff has been like really hard to adapt. Like, you know, like, um, you know, has a wide ranging, yeah. you know, like, body of work, but like the Dark Tower, like, I haven't seen the movie, but I've heard really bad things yeah. about that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like typically it's an interesting. I'm like, mo- more inclined to avoid uh, any any sort of like adaptations that that are more fantastical or more right. Uh, yeah, it falls in the it falls in the fantasy realm. Like a lot of his stuff can be you know set mm-hmm. in like in that in that genre. I also think that post apocalyptic. Uh, uh, young adult books need to stop being adapted for movies. I think that that was a trend. I think it was especially a trend during our time. And I think that none of them have done well. Specifically, like, Hunger Games, like, barely scraped through. And I think, really, Twilight kicked everything off, right? So Twilight was the big one that was, like, the... Made a ton of money in the box office and kicked everything off. And everyone was all about it. Um, But then, like, it was Hunger Games and then, like, the Divergent series. And then, like, Maze Runner. And, like, time and time again, you see these things that are, like... Like, the source material might not necessarily be that bad, but what they put on screen certainly yeah. is bad. Right. The, the worst trend of adaptations was the part one, part two trend. Oh my gosh, yeah. Because Harry they, Potter they, did it. they made so much money double that they the said, money. hey, let's double up our money and let's stretch this thing out. And into... it's like, they have the idea, they're like, oh no, we don't have enough movies to fill all we want. Right. What do we do? Like, Make a TV show. And, like, TV shows were not a thing, but, you know, yeah, TV exactly. was well, it's hard. watching it's the, Full House. The budgets for... It's a lot of it comes down to, like, budget yeah. and stuff. Like, they didn't have the budgets for it. Not like, But, yeah, I completely agree. It's, like, just make it... Make, do something else with it. Don't, like, ruin your... <laughs> it's, like, it led to a lot of really poor finishes yeah. for, like, adaptation series. Because yep. it's, like, ugh. 
So obviously we're see we're seeing the renaissance of or, or like a, a new age of TV adaptations. And I, yeah. feel, I feel like we've kind of danced around it, but I think Disney Plus is really pushing that envelope right now, especially with their Marvel shows, which you know comic books can now be adapted. Right. You know, it, it, they've they've been doing that. Granted, I will say they have a lot more creative liberty because comic book runs one they've been going on forever. Right. Yeah. And two, like depending on which you know, current writer or which arc you're in or whatever, you know, they, they can kind of pick and choose from a lot of stuff and make their own thing. And it doesn't get, it still definitely gets scrutinized, but it doesn't get as scrutinized as like a, a, a straight up novel for like yeah. discrepancies because there's discrepancies within comics. So I think, I, I think that that's allowed for some freedom, but I, I do think that there's a good potential for, you know, very good book adaptations to come to, you know, streaming platforms um in the future oh yeah i mean that's that's definitely where we're going wheel of time with amazon yep, yep. wheel of time's coming it's lord right of, around the corner right that's in yeah. november yeah lord of the rings with amazon there yeah which like that's not like a book but right well world yeah but and then that i think that's where the budget thing comes in again is like Big a lot of the, a lot budget. of times yeah with like fantasy and i think we were going to talk about it how like you know what's the best way to adapt it but like you should only really adapt those kind of things when you have the money to pay for it because it's going to take a lot of cgi to make something like that Not match cheap. yeah exactly and so it's like lord of the rings it, it works because they poured they're pouring like a billion dollars into this show <laughs> even still and i know this is i, I don't know how this is going to land with everyone because i feel like people have different thoughts on you know, what they want to see adapted and whatnot. But I would love to see things come to more of an animated yes. like oh, area, yeah. yes. like especially within, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a fantasy or sci-fi, because I feel like you'd it's actually be able to do it to justice. Do it. And I'm thinking of, obviously, Into the Spider-Verse, which is like one of my favorite movies of all yeah. time. Yeah. But like animation has gotten so clean these days. And when they actually, when, uh, you know, like movie companies let animators run wild and, and like, do what they want to do. Yeah. They can make some really good, yeah. cool looking stuff. And so I would love to see that for, for TV, for, for Everything. movies, whatever, but just m- more of an actual like push in the animation field for good books to be adapted also, that it way. It holds up so well. Right. You yeah. can hold, you, you can do it and you can, you're, you're not confined to like necessarily like casting of like, exactly. Oh, this person doesn't look quite exactly, exactly. like it. Or, yeah. or like, you know, a lot of times it'd be like, oh, well, we have to do a ton of, like, makeup or whatever yeah. to try to get it to look like this yeah. mythical creature. It's like, exactly. you don't even need to worry about it. It's You yeah. can animate it. It's it like would... a quarter of the budget, <laughs> right. and it looks so much better, yep. and it's so much more appreciated. Yeah. That, like, And that's why, you know, you mentioned it earlier, I think that's why manga is, like, all-time, like, hit after hit after hit with adaptations, because when you it's all it is. put it into <laughs> anime, it's... Like there's so many there's so many hits like that are just un uh, like you can't re- obviously it's there's a things... direct adaptation yeah exactly yeah. like it's perfect there's a reason that Alchem- Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is better than the Brotherhood live action Netflix show yeah <laughs> because it is a direct right this is what it looks like this is what you need to do yeah. you know and that's so that's another thing that I really and sorry we're kind of like all over the place I feel like with tangents right now but I I really hate. How whenever someone gets 
like a book and they're like, okay, now you get to adapt it to the big screen or adapt it to whatever you want. They're like, I'm going to take creative liberties. Yeah. I'm like, no, now's not the time to do that. Now's <laughs> the time to honor it. Like, because the author, the creator has already taken yeah. the creative liberties. Like they created it. So honor their works and just adapt it. Like it that, bothers me yeah. so much when, <laughs> when screenwriters or whoever it is or, or big movie companies yeah. are like, Oh no! This is our spin on it. It's like we don't want right. to see your spin. We want to see that's, what we like. That's why it's getting adapted. Is because of what we read on the pages, right. not what well, you think. God, we want to I see. think Hermione is a bearded dwarf man. So for my adaptation, she's going to be a bearded dwarf man. Yeah, that's fine. Let us know. Let us know how that goes with <laughs> with the fan. I'm going to take creative liberty. Yeah, for this yeah, one. absolutely. Along. The lines of, you know, we're talking about things we don't like, things we do like. What is your favorite adaptation of all time? Aragon. Or what are some Avatar of your, the your, last What are some of your... Okay. So Dan's not... Did you say favorite? <laughs> so Dan's not answering this question. <laughs> that falls into least favorite. You could post oh, least favorite as least well. Least favorite. Those yeah. are bad. Yeah. I honestly feel like least favorite's way easier to do. I don't know that I have a favorite... I have some lists of like objectively, so I broke mine down into objective lists and subjective lists. Yeah. And then I, like there's one obvious one and I don't want to take it from Daniel because I know it's probably would be his answer. It was Lord of the Rings. It was going to be Lord of the Rings. Objectively and subjectively, (laughs) it is the best adaptation. Yeah, I think so. Because it's like fans of the book love, obviously there's always going to be things that someone has a problem with. Because they didn't include Tom Bombadil and everyone's pissed off about it. But like, like, subjectively everybody loves it. Objectively, the last movie was nominated for like 11 Oscars. Or like won all 11. So it's like, you, it's a it's such a good adaptation, yeah. but like, hey guys, did you know when Viggo Mortensen kicked the, <laughs> the helmet, he actually he broke, broke his. his I do, I do. Know but that. like, I have to hold my tongue. There's some, there's some on the list. So I, I wrote, I wrote a list of like objective, subjective. There's some that I didn't really know um, were originally books. Like, Forrest. did you know that Jaws was originally a book? Yeah, uh, Forrest Gump. I did not was know. <laughs> I did, not know. I did not yeah, know. Yeah, Forrest Gump was the book. <laughs> a really bad. He goes to space in the book. Yeah. What? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a really yeah. bad book. Wait, Harry Potter? Crazy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, also like you know, your as far as like Oscar-winning movies go, your No Country for Old Men, like The Exorcist, Schindler's List, Princess Bride, like uh, The Wizard of Oz, Princess Bride. Like obviously, subjectively, like My Hero Academia, Scott Pilgrim, like yeah. Goosebumps. Like, as as a kid, but, like, I just feel like, and, like, Goodfellas and The Godfather and stuff, too. That's for you, Dad. Um, shout <laughs> out. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I feel like it has to be, I mean, at least for me. Yeah. Lord of the Rings, just it's because. Just, I, I watch the extended edition of Lord of the Rings with Nicole probably once a year minimum, maybe twice, two or three times a year. Yeah. On a good year. And I will cry if you hit your two times. And Return of the King okay. every single time. Great movie. Are we, are we guessing which two? You can if you want. Um, it's when um, when he says, I'm going to gut you like a pig. And <laughs> yeah. He gets wow. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's when the orc um, is really poetic, says, meets back on yeah. the menu. <laughs> I just, I can't Weep. hold it in. Yes. I just I sob. That. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, that's, oh, God. <laughs> So we've talked about what we think maybe, you know, in our opinion, the best adaptation ever. And honestly, 
listeners hit us up with what you think your like your favorite adaptation what you think is the best yeah tell us what's good because i honestly don't know i really am curious i was trying to think like is there anything better you know like or anything that really 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 holds a candle you know to the book that was adapted and i i was struggling to think of things yeah which is obviously the classic like books are better than movies but i fall firmly into that camp yeah yeah absolutely um so on that note what other forms of media would you like to get like uh like what movie tv show would you like to have a book like a reverse adaptation uh maddie and i read the novelization of star wars rogue one and that has always stuck with me as just a fantastic novelization I wish I could remember the author because I, I didn't know I that existed. To give them a shout that out. Sounds... It's really good, and there's one scene in particular. So you know when the Death Star uh, appears and they test out the laser yeah. on Jeddah, I believe it is, mm-hmm. is like the the city. Yeah. So they do this really really cool chapter where each like paragraph uh, or a couple paragraphs is from the perspective of just a random person living in that city. Very cool, and it gives you this sense of the actual horror of like the death star Watching and like that and happen. that like power of like eliminating so many lives who are just like like in some cases it's like people are having the best day of their life some people are having like the the worst day of their life some people are just like going you know so, uh in one case it's like uh, stormtroopers who are left behind and it's just a really cool way of yeah, really that, cool. and that's not in the movie at all yeah. but like i always thought like man what a cool uh, idea and just like it gave more heart to that story and it also fleshed out the characters yeah. who were only in that movie you know they, yeah. they didn't you know they're not like long standing Star right. Wars characters the so one-off. yeah it, it gave a lot more yeah, uh, on, backstory the, to each of those characters and it's it's a good novelization yeah. in the movie it's just like what like a couple minute scene and you're like you obviously are like oh my god, that's awful, but, like, beyond that, you just, like, move on with the movie, right, and yeah. so it's just, like... Right, and very Star Wars, like, it, you know, they blew up out around you, and you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, like, yeah it's oh, fine. cool, there, I'm sure there's some people in there. Yeah. So when you watch the movie again, does that, hit, like, hit harder when I, you're seeing I do, that scene? I do think about it every time I watch the movie. I think about that chapter in the book where I'm like, oh, yeah, like, that's... I, and I can't remember the specifics of anything, but I do, yeah. like, I, I, I'm like, man, I did, it was just a good novelization. Do, do you try and look for any of those characters no, to see I, if they're I, in the I background or anything? I don't That would be it. cool if they did that, though. That would be cool. Um, mine's kind of random, but I just feel like, uh, have you guys seen uh, the show Barry on HBO? Yeah. I feel like that would be a cool thing to adapt. Cool. It's got, I love, like, comedy dramas, mm-hmm. and I feel like that would translate really well into a novel, just because, I mean, I just... Part of me just, and he may have already, but it would be cool to have Bill Hader write a book. I mm. thought you were about to say Outer Banks. No. <laughs> That's about to <laughs> come across this table at you. <laughs> That's in our Outer Banks podcast. We'll then. save that one for later. <laughs> we'll tuck that one deep down for yeah, now. Yeah. I want a novelization of the Great British Baking Show. Okay. Yeah, That'd sure. be great I'll too. It to yeah. Is it? It's just a recipe book. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Mary Berry's recipe yeah. book. <laughs> Any other last thoughts, or are we gonna bookmark it there? Uh, I think all books should be adapted into 4D theme park rides. Ooh. Oh. Okay. Wait. Interesting. Let's explore this. I'm I'm down for that. <laughs> Welcome to We're the Crawdads King, the ride. And they just throw crawfish on you. Yeah. That sounds great. That sounds <laughs> and you're like, wow, it's like I just it's read like the a- book. <laughs> No, I don't have anything this else. Amazing. Was okay, that your let's, question? Let's Wait, let's hide it. that. That's a, that's a billion dollar <laughs> that's idea. A billion dollar right idea. Book world. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I've got nothing. TM, TM, TM. Um, 
Yeah, all right. Well, let's bookmark it there. Uh, thank you, listeners, for uh, all your support. Thank you for... I feel like we honestly have had a lot of engagement recently, and I, I cannot express enough how thankful we are for it. We're a small podcasting show in an ocean of better podcasts. And so for you to give us your time, uh, however long these episodes are, and just listen in and then also engage and have feedback, it's just the sweetest thing. It makes it's, us feel... Yes. It's remarkable. Yeah, it makes us feel it's, warm inside. Yeah. It's, thank you so much. We don't deserve it. Y'all are fantastic, and y'all give us life, so thank you. Um, also, we want to support like the the fans of the show or anything, so if you got anything cool going on, if you're writing a book or if you are uh, got something going on and you just want to like have us talk about it and broadcast it, we'll do that. We don't have any paid sponsors, so we'll just sponsor your stuff, and we, we love our fans, so it'll be a cool way to give back. Add um, me undies. <laughs> we'll sponsor your stuff. Yeah, small companies like Mandy's. But no, but um, really, we we just yeah. uh, appreciate the support so much. If you can, we haven't asked for this in a while, but if you can and you're feeling like you want to go that extra mile, just go ahead and rate and review on I, it's Apple Podcasts, right? Is the Apple one Podcast. that, yes. for some reason, that helps uh, our show get traction, our little tiny baby show. Um, and so if you could, that would be sweet. We are reading Warbreaker. Um, give we, us your breath. Give us your breath. It's a command. Nice. <laughs> um, uh, so, so Relong, we'll be talking about that not next week, but the week after, I believe. Yes. It's the 28th. Yeah. Is the Tuesday that we'll be releasing the Warbreaker episode. Uh, very excited. I already have loads of thoughts on it. Some good, some bad, some confused mm. uh, thoughts. I just really want to see where it goes. I need to finish He's the book. He's been shaken to his core, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so tune Shaking in. Shaking right now. Tune in for that. Um, special shout out to Jacob Robinson for the intro and outro music of our podcast. And uh, special shout out to Maddie Moon for the lovely art for our podcast. Thank you both. I want to hear Parker do the outro. Yeah, he never does it. Yeah. Oh, he okay. He always looks at us and makes God. us do it. And then he yells at us when it's I wrong. Know. <laughs> Sorry. Gosh. Well, uh, he, never, he never talks about where you can find us. <laughs> <laughs> Where can they find us? That's a great question. You never Brett. talk about it. Tell okay, us. you can. I go. You can find us. Email us. Email us, please. We love getting emails from fans, and we will respond. And keep sending those Will Turner gifts. <laughs> keep sending those Will Turner gifts. Uh, uh, our email is at bookends with friends. Or no, sorry, that's not it. It's bookends with friends at gmail.com. See, this is why you got to do it more often. Yeah, exactly. So I was thinking about our handles. Uh, our Instagram is at bookends underscore with underscore friends. TikTok is at bookends with friends. And Twitter is, I think, at Bookends Pod. Uh, that's uh, that's it. Uh, you can find us there. Reach out, interact, send us Will Turner gifts. Mm-hmm. And remember, the real friends were the books we... Nope, <laughs> I wrong. said it wrong. That's wrong. The real books were the friends you made along the way. There it is. There it is. <laughs>